Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Whatever part of the world you are tuned in from, this is Funny Like a Clown podcast. November 16th, 2021. This is episode 131. As always, today's episode is brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. For the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time, there is only one G Vegas. Available at www.gvegas.webs.com. Get it shipped to your door. Go green, go fresh. We do comedy, and uh, I've been telling you guys for a while about a movie I've been working on. So for a special treat today, I have writer, director, producer, actor, Best known for his work with Smoking Bottle Entertainment, kicking out films like Space People 1 and 2, uh, Revenge of the Animals, the Cartoon Man Trilogy, and the musical Choirwood. Adam Griswold, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Well, thank you for being on. And uh, I usually start at the beginning, okay, because that's the best place to start at the beginning of someone's career. But we're going to double back to the beginning, and we're going to start from a little bit further in your career, uh, I met you early on in your career and we did a couple of projects together that uh, I approached you about a script I was working on and uh, called the world needs a, the world needs a new superhero, which we recently just completed. So I wanted to plug that first off. So when I first sent you over the script and you read it, what were your first impressions of the script? Um, I think my first thought was, was that like, um, well, this is, you know, a lot to pull off. Cause I mean, I know you, you know, you, I've, you know, had a lot of experience and you didn't have a lot of experience, you know, producing this. It's like, wow, you have all these locations, all these people. And as I know from doing it, that it is hard to, you know, right. get all that together. So I was like, well, I don't know. I wonder, are we going to do it? Or is this going to get scaled back? And now without this done, it's like, wow, yeah, we actually did it. We got every scene in there. We, you yeah. thought I was biting off a little more than I could chew. I thought that too, especially we, with the we all are. I, I've bitten off more than I can chew multiple times. Okay, so you knew what was going on. So, uh, so I mean, you know, would I mean to compare it to some other films? I mean, each film you do is different, but I mean, yeah. if you had to compare it to some other ones, what were your thoughts in comparison to what you had done so far? What I've done so far, I don't know. Um, there's also different I mean it was like because I don't think I've ever done anything with like that many I mean it was kind of similar to like uh, maybe not quite on the on the level of like somewhere between like the cartoon man and revenge of the animals and space people for me like I don't know and it's they're also different you know everyone's a new challenge right yeah yeah everything is it's like you know, it didn't have as many special effects as some of the ones I've done, but it's like, I don't know if I've ever done anything where there were like that many different locations and like, you know, so many people who, I mean, it's like, you, you only have like a couple of main characters, but then there's like a lot of, you know, bit parts like where you have to get people, yeah. you know, it's like, I'll, I'll usually have kind of maybe a smaller group of people with bigger parts. So it's, every project's different. Right. Okay. So uh, we, we, we recently completed it as you, as you just mentioned after over, a year in the process of pulling yeah. off all these locations. Oh, now that it's finished, what are your thoughts on it now? Um, it, it's cool. It's um, it, it's coming out good. I think it's yeah. I think um, oh uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's I'm just like I think I have like really just one more scene left to edit, 
and it's it's just like, like for the past couple of weeks it's been cool just seeing like because you know this thing is you know for the past for over a year i've had this thing that's like all these pieces and now it's like finally i'm putting the plugging in all the holes and it's starting to actually flow together and you're able to really see what the story is and right I noticed that too when you were sending over like broken scenes it was kind of like tough to follow but the more scenes yeah. that you, you put in there it starts to get a flow and it looks yeah, you know so now it's like more yeah. Yeah. So with everything like, it should be very understandable right yeah um okay so uh i mean you've done them before so i mean i, I plan on doing like a local showing and i know you've done some theater local showings well how do those usually work out for you um you know, it, it depends, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you, you try as best you can to get a date that works for everybody. And sometimes, you know, you get a big turnout. And then sometimes it's like, you don't get as big a turnout just because, you know, it's, like you know it's, okay. it's try to do what works for people, but it's like people have stuff come up. And I, I've had a couple that, you know, that were really good, where, you know, where a lot of people in the cast invited their friends and, you know, we were able to have pretty good showings. So those are the nights you live for. Then you get through yeah. the rough nights where not many people show up. Right. But, uh, yeah. So I know you've entered some of your films in local film festivals. Um, what what are what are some of the awards you've won and stuff doing film festivals? Um, so yeah, uh, so I've, yeah, I've got the last several films I've finished have all been in festivals. It was like first, uh, well, Revenge of the Animals was in kind of a small one in New Hampshire, and then like Space People was the one that was I think was in the most festivals. That was in like the Boston Science Fiction Film Festival, in Boston Comic Con, and then a few others. Um, yeah, there was a festival in, in Southern California that's shown a few of my films and they've given um, me a couple of awards for like best ensemble for Space People 2 and Apocalypse Party. And let's say, and then Lights, Camera, Terror was in a couple couple of festivals and that one won for best comedy at the Shaunashe Spring Shorts Festival in, uh, you know, Choirwood, the musical, that was in a couple, that was in uh, another you're festival. like coast to coast, but you're from New England to LA and California. Most, really, really. Yeah, well, yeah, mostly just local festivals and ones in California so far. There, sure, I think there was nothing space, in maybe one in Miami that the first space people was in, but yeah, we'll see what happens because. Okay, all right. So, I mean, I plan on putting the world needs a new superhero in some film festivals and having a local showing. So, I'm kind of following yep. the footsteps of what you've already done. So, I just want to get your impressions, but uh. All right, so I said uh, we'll go back to the beginning now. Now that we got that plug in and what we've been working on lately, but uh, you're a graduate at Emerson College, okay? And you went there for what? Film directing or what, what was the? Well, just film production, I think. Film production, okay, and okay. I talked to you a little bit about it. You said that was kind of more about working on like major films than it was local ones, right? Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, it felt like. I mean, I was there from like you know 2006 through 2009, 2010. And they were kind of, yeah, their whole approach was very like, this is how to work in the Hollywood system, which I mean, I mean, independent film at then was probably very different from how it was now. You know, I think the technology for people without much of a budget to even make films was kind of just emerging. So they were kind of, it felt like they were a little behind where things were at that point. So yeah, it was kind of very much uh, about yeah, how the like whole Hollywood industry works more than anything independent. All right. So what, what, what inspired you to want to take that course in college? What made you want to take that? I, I mean, I just, I mean, I was in, when I was in high school, starting to look towards college, I was already starting to make films just like, you know, some of them would just be like for, but I mean, even before that, I just always would picture movies in my head. So I'd, once I got to the point where I was in high school and had the opportunity to make movies, like it would be like for like history class, they'd be like an assignment where you would, 
you know, present your, you know, do some research and then make a video about some topic. Okay. And then eventually I got a camera and like in the, in the summer breaks, my brother and my cousins would film stuff. We just kind of make up these silly stories as we went along and I'd film them and then edit it together. And so it was just, it's something I've always been interested in my whole life. So from an so early just, age, you found this. Yeah, was your once I was it. looking at college, it was like, obviously, yeah, this is what I want to do. Right. I know, I know, you know, at least when I went to school, I don't know, you know, the, the kids who put in the effort, those were the ones who got made fun of. I mean, did you ever catch any flack for be, being the guy who had to get like the biggest project done or anything? Or were, were the kids more appreciative of what you did? Or did they get um, people trouble? Were or? Generally, people generally were impressed. You know, I'd kind of, like, yeah, I, um, I'd really kind of, yeah, because, you know, we would, it would be like, you know, whatever class we'd show all the videos and, you know, people would always be excited for mine because I'd, you know, they'd be really funny and I'd do all kinds With the of extra effort and, in, right? Okay. Yeah. And so there were always only like a few people in any class who really kind of had that. Yeah. Know, yeah. The extra drive. Right. So yeah. now, now, do you find that you still tap onto some of what you learned in there or in those classes doing what you're doing now, the, the local, you know, small budget films or. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I think I learned from everything I do. It's like, you've been, you know, even like working on on your film, you know, on, you know, it's you know nice. It was almost nice to have the opportunity to do something where you know you were taking care of you know putting the whole thing together, you know, getting yeah, most right. of the people occasions, and it's like I can just kind of focus on you know filming and editing well, and you just know, almost, yeah. you know get so I can, can get better. It's easy for me to get better at that. So then when I go and do my own films, you know, it's so I, just, I learn from everything. I mean, I yeah, think I say that to each one you do, you learn something new on. Yeah, it. it's like You're I look back at stuff. Like, yeah, huh. just like look back stuff from like a couple years ago and it's like well i feel like i've you know grown since then just and, constantly so growing in the business process. right so what i mean once you graduated the college what made you instead of going on to pursue say the hollywood big stuff what made you open your own smoking bottle entertainment and choose to do your own thing on a smaller budget but i mean you're in control it's a smaller <laughs> thing but you're the man i mean it was partly just i mean it was you know the economy was in bad shape and it was hard to find a job and Okay. Or like make enough money to you know move anywhere else and so i just before i while i was trying to find work i just started you know meeting people and you know, i just i before i could really find any real paid work i just started getting involved with some local productions that people were doing and started meeting people and you know meeting people who also you know wanted to make their own you know short films and so that was kind of like i latched onto that and like this is so cool i can just you know do my own stuff and just within really within about a year or so i began doing my own films and yeah it's fun when you meet people who have the same interests as you because you kind of connect with them because you know you have a similar interest but what was that like for you i know when i first met you i remember i think it was on craigslist that, that you would put a listing and i remember i read yours and luckily you had a link to your website which showed me you were serious that i got out of there and there was like the next link below was some lady like beware of local productions if you walk into someone's cellar with a a, a beach towel hanging up it's not a professional i'm like what the hell did this lady walk into but i mean did you have ever have an awkward experience like trying to find people to work with or uh, it's always a little awkward i mean it's just because i mean i it's, i mean I'm, i've gotten a lot better over the years but when i was starting out i was you know really kind of like nervous about having to meet people and right. you're really scared when I was like I'm you know having to audition having to have people show up and audition like I just I did all my early auditions in like just the Starbucks like the one where I first met you because yeah, it was just it was that, easier yeah, yeah. than having to go like I don't want to have to go you know rent a place and ask for permission and I just want to kind of do a casual thing and right, right, right. it was just like um 
Yeah, but it's like, oh, it's like, you know, and there's, you know, on both ends, there's like, I'm thinking, what are people going to think of me? But um, ended up, you know, it worked out. I've met a lot of people. I was just going to say people. it worked out because yeah. you got a, you got a yeah. pretty good, you know, yeah. cast of people you can turn to if you're making a project that are interested now, right? You kind of worked your way up to Yeah, at this point, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't really, it's been years since I've done like a big casting call like I used to. Because right. now it's like, I'll draw from the people I you know, the people I've worked with before, but then also I'll, you know, I work on so many other projects that I'll meet people on those and then become friends on Facebook. And so then, you know, when if I'm, if I need extra people, I can just post, Hey, looking for people and the network keeps I, found, I mean, especially within the last few years, it's a lot easier for me to find people than I'd ever used to be. Okay. So, uh, let's take it back to 2012, uh, murder by upload. Was that the first project you worked on? Um, well, like Adultery other people, was the first one, and the murder by Apple. Okay, that was in 2012 too. So, yeah. So, the top of my stakes. Bring us back to that time. This is your first, you know, project that you're working on under your that you're in charge of. I mean, what was that like putting it together? Do we? Uh, it was well scared, nervous, first, excited. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was, it was like at first, I you know, I wasn't putting it together completely by myself. I had a few people helping out, but then we reached. It came to a point where you know they had some scheduling issues and so they you know had to drop out and so I did have to do it on my own and yeah I mean I was definitely nervous especially like I said you know with having to cast people but um you know it was yeah it was like it was weird because you know I you know was all the actors in that were people who I've worked with many times since then but at the time I didn't know them I you know just met them like the month before we were filming so it was like oh boy I'm like meeting people I don't even know and we're just kind of doing this really low budget movie but you know the, the, they were great and you know they everyone had a great time and it just that gave me a lot of confidence it's like hey this I pulled this off I got this you know really simple movie done I'm gonna go you know do more and so I really just never stopped I kind of for the last going, 10 yeah. years I've just been going and going first one I did I thought it was a lot I mean I had never done it before and I was on my feet all day and my legs were aching. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. But then when he sent over the finished product and you see it like, oh, I can't wait to do that again. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. You know? So once you see, you know, the fruit of your rewards, I guess that's good. So after the document safe, was that when Murder by Upload came out? Was that the next yeah, one? Yeah, Murder by Upload was like, that was the one where it was like, so basically I finished the Dolce Walk tapes. I'm like, you know, it's like, I got to keep this going. I don't want it to just be, okay, I did one movie. It's like, right. all right. So I think it was like, I, the excitement's I, going. I got to do this again. Yeah, right? I think it was like we finished filming the Ultramog tapes. I wake up the next day and I kind of came up with the whole premise for Murder by Upload and then started writing the script for that, I think, like within a month and just, and just you know, used most of the same people in it and just got that out done within a couple months. All right. So you're kicking off movies. You got a couple small ones. Then I guess uh, still in 2012 was a busy year for you. I think you took on probably your biggest challenge at that point, the Cartoon Man, which turned into a trilogy. But I mean, that yeah. was a lot of animation. That was a lot of nobody sees how much work goes into editing. But I, I know myself because I had a local TV show. But yeah. what, what was it like going to the next level and pulling off something that scale for you as compared well, to the small stuff? I mean, I think at first I didn't necessarily think the Cartoon Man was going to be on that much bigger than the others. Because originally I just conceived the one, the one movie, which was, you know, the fir- and the first Cartoon Man was relatively low-key compared to where the series went it was just kind of a 40-minute movie with four characters and um i wasn't even originally gonna have that i you know i thought maybe i'd have some animation but then when i kind of started doing tests with the animation it came out a lot better than i expected it to so i ended up doing this whole 
climactic battle at the end where two of the characters are, you know, fighting with cartoon props. And that was just so cool that, you know, by the time the cartoon man was done, I started coming, having all these other ideas for what I could do with that universe and those characters. So that was when it expanded into a trilogy. Okay, so that's what inspired you, this, you know, the fun you were having, pulling off stuff yeah, it was just, to make a second one. Okay, so it was a cartoon man, then we got Return of the Cartoon Man, um, which, I mean, that, there was more animation in that. It was still the same. Was yeah. it new people coming in on that? or a few, Yeah, a few new people came in on that one. Okay, so, I mean, what was like that pulling off as compared to the first one where there was a lot more animation? Was it twice the time in editing, or, I um, mean? I can't. I mean, it took a lot of work in editing, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was I was just enjoying it so much. It was just, you know, just finally, you know, after I'd you know been wanting to do films for years and finally being able to do these, you know, something on that level and just, you know, to just, you know, so I, it was just, I would spend hours putting all those special effects in. And I mean, it was a lot of work, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of enjoyment too. Yeah. All right. So then came the one in 2013 I met you on was Journey the Cartoon Man. I think I was... Where I played Oswald Shazikian, and uh, I was the one of the villains in the in the thing. The villain but, uh, who gets built up throughout the first two films. We talk about the character. We talk about then, right. Then I finally, finally meet him in the third one. Came to being, and uh, yeah, I guess I mean, it, was that your goal just to stop at a trilogy? Because I mean, they had like you know the Star Wars trilogy, the Back to the Future trilogy. I mean, yeah, it would I, never I, occurred I, to do a fourth one where you just pretty much that was the end of the story. The third one. I mean, I. I pretty much yeah I basically mapped it out like I mean after I wrote the first one was basically just written as a standalone movie but left the door open for a lot of that more than I could do and then I planned out the second and third as basically you know completing the story arc and I really liked I really liked the way this third one ended and so I mean I occasionally have vague ideas for where to go but it just felt like that was such a perfect ending for the whole thing oh. that I've never really wanted to go beyond that yeah, sure. Tom Hanks said that about Forrest Gump. He said it was just such a perfect movie. He'd never consider making a Forrest Gump too, because it would have just cheapened the first one. So I mean, when you yeah. when you do what you when you when you know what it's done, when I you mean, feel it's done, it's like I've even had I've almost had the idea, and I don't I don't know if I'd ever do this, but like to make a fourth cartoon man, but have it be like kind of tongue in cheek that like there's no there was no need for a fourth one and it's just a whole thing is rehashing stuff from the previous one right uh, just like i don't why, know why ruin a good thing right yeah that was, that's the joke is that there doesn't need to be a fourth one right because i feel like a lot of movie series do kind of if they're successful they just keep continuing them on and on and it's like yeah like the rocky series i love the rocky movies but i mean at yeah. some point he was just beating a dead horse with the rocky balboa thing there which i did like the older movies but i mean it was just it went on too long. All right, so 2014 comes uh, Suburban Spies. Uh, what what inspired that after the, the cartoon man to try that? Well, it was kind of like, for one thing, one thing about that was I wanted to um, scale things back and do something that didn't have a lot of special effects. Right. But also, um, I think the real inspiration for that was I kind of just, I was realizing, you know, I could do a lot of stuff if it was in the world of the Cartoon Man and it had all those 2D special effects, but I didn't have, most of the Cartoon Man films we just shot at my house with a fairly small group of people. I mean, we were up to like 10 people by the third one, but so I wanted to start bringing more people in my network and start getting experience going out and finding more locations. Like we, we did scenes at a couple restaurants and at like a park in my hometown and just kind of try to broaden the scope of it. and. I feel like I focused more on that than like writing a script that I was really happy with because I just always remember Suburban Spies as one where 
I just like didn't enjoy it that much because I was part of it was coming off the cartoon man which I did enjoy so much but then like going into suburban spies it was kind of just like okay I'll do this but it was just it ended up being really stressful like it was hard to you know cast for that it was hard to find locations and well that's one of the toughest parts I found to do and this is like I can speak for myself that I'm reliable, but I can't speak for other people. And you, yeah. you're basically at the mercy of other people's reliability. So it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's a That's stressful something. thing too. But you recently put out a 10 year anniversary thing where you did speak and you said you'd have trouble picking your favorite movie, but if you pick your least favorite, it would be Suburban Spies. <laughs> and well, why did you say that? Why would it be your least favorite? Um, it's part, it's a combination of like, I don't think it's a really, it's a terrible movie, but I don't think it's great. It's just, it's kind of, um, it's, it's part the, the experience of making it was just really stressful and I just didn't feel like what we were making was even was you know just kind of okay so right. it was just kind of putting a lot of work into something I was never that it, was it wasn't like, elaborate like the cartoon man it was kind of a step yeah, down after I mean, it was elaborate that. in its own way but it just it felt like I just really it was a script that I just really threw together like you know it's like oh we'll do this scene this scene and so I think a lot of the scenes in it the individual scenes in it some of those are are funny and are work but it just it felt like it as a whole as a movie it never quite worked and, and also again. like i i had to i feel like i kept having to scale it back too because there were more characters in the first draft of the script that i just could not find it's people scary. for so I just all right figure out a way to write this character out or okay we don't have a location that's exactly like what i wanted so i have to change so i just i feel like i wound up taking so much out of it that it just reached a point where it Took just away from the film, what was right? left wasn't i wasn't what you had envisioned right yeah well i mean george lucas made star wars and i think his next big project was howard the duck which kind of flopped there was nothing compared to star wars so i mean you have your good ones you have your bad ones i I mean it's i feel like though like suburban spies is the only film i've done where i really feel like that about though it's like most of the others i you're pretty happy with yeah i'm more or less happy or you know either i had good memories of making them or i'm happy with something about the way they came out all right, so we mentioned making low-budget films. Basically, you make do with what you got, you know I mean? We're not out buying costumes for people. You ask people to dress as close as they yeah. can to what you envision. I mean, as far as props, you get some cheap props. We're not spending big money on this stuff. But uh, I know you said you had got to the point where you had some money to spend on things. So in uh, 2015, you put out Revenge of the Animals. So take us back to that. What was it like having some money to put into your movies to start? So, um, well... Revenge of the Animals, yeah, <laughs> some money, but still very low budget. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, Revenge of the Animals was kind of like, you know, trying to, again, take things a, a little bit further. And so that was one where, um, you know, I really, when I actually, the first one I did, the Dolce Mock tapes was we were, you know, running around the woods and, you know, I wound up walking around scouting out a lot of locations in the woods that I didn't even get to use for that one. So I always wanted to do another one where we were like lost in the woods. So I came up with Revenge of the Animals and so, yeah, for that one, I, you know, spent some money. I was able to get, like, a better microphone to attach to my camera because, like, sound is one of the things, you know, that makes a huge difference. I mean, the camera I had just bought going into Suburban Spies, and I think, you know, upgrading the equipment, you know, made those films, you know, looking yeah, sound that much better than what came before. You know, yeah, and then, um, you know, the whole premise of Revenge of the Animals is that we're in the woods and we're being chased by people with guns who are wearing animal masks. So I had to go out and, you know, buy a bunch of animal masks and prop guns. And so, yeah, that was probably the first thing that, like, I spent a good chunk of money on just, you know, as far as props and costumes go. And it wasn't much, but, you know, that, and then I think, well, in future films, though, I 
was able to well, do it. I mean, it's a start, and they're starting yeah. a bigger direction compared to what you yeah. had been doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, then comes uh, Space People uh, 1 and 2 in 2016 and 17. And what inspired those to, to come about? Well, it started, um, it was, um, we had, you know, we come up, we finished Revenge of the Animals and um, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And uh, Rebecca, one of the actors who had been in the cartoon, Man, Revenge of the Animals said, you know, you should do a space movie, you know, thinking it's like I did all those cartoon special effects. So I was capable of doing some kind of low budget special effects. And then I just started throwing ideas around in my head and just really quickly came up with, okay, if I did a space movie, what would I want to do? And just started, you know, thinking of all kinds of, I mean, there's a little bit of every science fiction, a lot, you know, trope in there. spoofing on them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. So, I mean, now we mentioned the low budget thing. Now you don't have the budget of, say, a Star Wars or a space movie like that. So, I mean. Yeah. So I went into space people knowing it's like, you know, it's like, all right, we can't even pretend this is going to look like great. It's gonna look really cheesy, and so it just cheesy, really yeah. leaned into that, and just had the whole the whole script just has a tongue in cheek sense of humor where it's like, we, you know, we don't do things where we like acknowledge that you know we're in a cheap movie. Although you know when we get to Earth, we have the people commenting on these people can't be aliens. Just look at the outfits they're wearing, you know. But it's like we don't go so far as to break the fourth wall or anything. But it's like the whole thing is kind of based. But then it's like. We clearly have a low budget, but I still try to make it the best sci-fi adventure I could make in that budget. I mean, we like went into Boston for a couple of days and have us walking around Boston in those spacesuits. And, you know, I really, you know, put a lot of effort, you know, as much effort as I could at that point into... Yeah, people don't realize even low budget, you're putting a lot of effort in, I think. Well, was it yeah, the spaceship I, scene? Wasn't it in your garage or something? Yeah, the spaceship is scene was in my garage. And I, I mean, I know it's only tinfoil and stuff, but that still had to take a while to put that together, even though it looks cheesy. I mean, yeah, it was still like must have been the project. I think I, did, I think I was like working the whole week leading up to when we were filming, so it was really just the night before we filmed. I just had to like, all right, I have these panels. I'm just gonna wrap these in foil. Wrap this in foil. I'm like, all right, um, all right, get some chairs in. Okay, I guess this is the best I can do. But you know, then once you have the camera framed tight on it with all yeah. the actors in, and I've got a picture of it right there. Yeah, it, you know, no one, yeah, no, of course it doesn't look like a real spaceship, but uh, don't look it, like a garage either, right? Suspend your disbelief and just buy into the universe of the movie. That's what well, that's it is. part of a low budget film is you gotta yeah. ask the audience to kind of play along, right? Yeah. Use your imagination a little bit and go with that. Okay, so. You did the first one. What inspired a second one? I just. Well, it was, I think, much like what happened with the cartoon man. As I was, um, you know, making the first space people, I was getting all kinds of ideas for things I could do with char- with those same characters in the second in a second one. So basically, as soon as the first space people was done, I was my brain was just thinking up the storyline for the second one. And so, you know, I didn't move forward with it right away. I, you know, I waited, you know, got the first one into the first festival it was in but um yeah you know once i knew that you know i mean i think you know space people was one of the well you know i kind of generated more excitement for space people than you know anything i'd done up to that point promoting it right well you're getting better each time because i had more people involved right yeah i had more people involved with it it was just like so you know it seemed like there was definite interest in a space people too both from the cast and just people who knew us so it was like and also i mean on top of that making a second space people kind of enabled me to keep the excitement for the first one going 
because I mean the first one was in a few festivals while we were shooting the second one so it was just it sustained that hype for that one so what's it like when you see like I mean the people in the festivals giving you feedback on your on your movies I mean does that create an audience for you do they still follow you or um, some people do, uh, you know, the, some the festivals I've, you know, screened at multiple times. I know there are a few people affiliated with those who, you know, have continued to follow what you're doing. Like yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you had mentioned to me that a space people three was in the work, but it kind of fell through. What made that fall through? Um, Just... I mean, it was never really in the works. I kind of, I had a, I came up with a storyline for it, but it was just, it got to the point where it was just too going to be too hard to get enough of the cast together and it's like i could still do something but it was just to do what i wanted to do and feel like it was a real continuation of the first two um you know i just i don't feel like i would necessarily be able to get all of the cast members back that i would want to have back okay they were burnt out at that point yeah yeah or, i mean just a lot of things i think some people you know moved around and some people kind of got tired of films so it's just like yeah I, I mean, it's never say never, but um, yeah, but I, I was I was at least unlike the cartoon man where I planned it as a trilogy. I kind of took the space people films, you know, one at a time. So I didn't have a whole thing mapped out. The space people two ends in a way where it can you know be the ending of the series. So yeah, I mean, it's like I yeah I kind of have some, some stuff written for a third one, but I don't know unless I could either get you know a lot of the same people back or you know, change enough of it that, you know, or have it kind of go in a new direction. Because it would have, with new characters, I don't know. <laughs> you never say never, so we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, other than, you know, being a writer or a director, I mean, you're also, you're acting in these films too, so you got somewhat of an acting career, but I mean, uh, what is it, Ghost uh, versus Monster in 2017? Was that your project, or was that something you just That acting? was someone else's, yeah. That was someone else's? Okay, what was it like? being on someone else's film i mean you got to be respectful but did the director and you come out and want to like say do this do that oh, no, no no not really because i mean i think it's because i would i don't I, when i'm doing my own film it's like i you know know what i want to do and i mean I'm, I'm open to suggestions i mean sometimes people have ideas and you know you are like, very oh, i'll say that you're you know? very easy to work with yeah I mean, yeah but yeah. um you know if it's someone else's film you know, I generally will defer to them and let them do it, you know, the yeah, way it's they their, It's their idea, okay, yeah. I mean, even I remember the first one I worked on was a Santa Claus one, and the guy was getting so upset because I wasn't doing exactly what he wanted to do. I'm like, buddy, you're getting upset. I'm going to make it go any better. Just explain what you want. We'll try to get it done. So that was why when I hit you, you were easy to work with. That's why yeah. I kept in touch with you, yeah, so. Uh, all right, so Dr. Trust, uh, the Bell, the Balboa okay. Health Clinic 2017. What was that all about? Uh, well, that was a, that was someone else's film. That was um, you know Jonathan Olson, Rolling Shutter Productions, uh, short film that he did um, about you know just have a bunch of wacky characters in a hospital, and I played the lead character, Doctor True Scott, and that it was, and it was a role that was similar to a lot of other parts that I'd played before, so it was just kind of like you know I, I got the script and it was just like yep this is something I know how to do, so I'm just kind of a doctor who talks to the camera a lot and. So how do you get in touch with these other people? How did you go about finding these other directors that are putting these films together? Um, it's basically just I all through networking. It's just I have this yeah. network of people who I've met, you know, through, you know, so I'll have a bunch of actors who will act in my films and then they go and act in other films and everybody, you know, just meets everybody each other. And so people will watch my films and see me and be like, oh, you know, I want you to be in this or can you help out, you know, behind the scenes with that? Or it's just, yeah, everybody kind of just, 
meets each other through. Everybody Wilson. knows somebody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, typo squads. Words can't hurt you in 2019. What was that about? Uh, that was um, that was something I was really just kind of in the background of. Um, that was uh, yeah, that was uh, Ter- Killarney Trainer and Terry Trainer with Narrow Street Films. They did uh, an, an adaptation, I think, of a book series by someone they knew. Stephen Lomer, I think was his name. And they just, they, they had a scene in a cafe. They needed a bunch of people to fill the background. They reached out to me, you know, and a bunch of other people they knew. And so that's, yeah, that's how it goes. It's people just reach out to people they know. And yeah. And you're in, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I know I'd heard of this before you would work, but I know you worked on it. So, I mean, this is one of the more popular uh, online series in New England, uh, Paragods, the TV series of Tran. Yeah. 2015 to 2019 so how did you get involved with that yeah paragods yeah so that's you know, a thing that like <laughs> i met a lot of people through that and a lot of people in new england have been involved with that that's it was a five season web series by sean allen about um you know emts and firefighters working at a fire station in new hampshire basically just like a mockumentary sitcom with where it would you know follow people at work and also the relationships between characters um i became involved with that about midway through the second season uh, Mike Weiner was one of the actors who was in it and who would work with me on Suburban Spies and Revenge of the Animals. There was a day when they needed some actors to play parts and needed help with crew. He reached out to me. I got involved. You know, it was just one of those things where I got along with everybody. So I helped out, I think, with one more episode of season two. And then, um, you know, John Allen, the creator of Paragods, helped me out behind the scenes with Space People a little bit. And then when they started season three in uh, you know, 2016, I ended up you know, you know, being upgraded to part of the main group. I was, you know, both act, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. I played a character who was the, you know, temporary chief of the fire department. I ended up writing some of the stuff for, you know, my own character in some of the other scenes and edited a few of the episodes. So was it was it good to see your work appreciated that they wanted you to do more on a film like that? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 I always love, you know, being able to having stuff to do it's if i don't have acknowledge i mean yeah you put in the work it's nice to get the acknowledgement when you put the work in right so that was good so i guess that probably is the one of your 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 biggest project i think you ever done was firewood the musical which i mean uh, you mentioned that taking on my movie was oh so many scenes it's a big project i mean that was a real big project yeah what what was was, that like pulling that off uh yeah that was something that yeah bigger than any we imagined going into it but that was yeah it was i guess it was as we were finishing space people too um you know myself and you know hannah heckman mckenna ribbon girl heart and brian edermeyer were the other core people involved with that we just we all kind of had had an interest in making a musical at different points and it just it came up you know with you know they would be singing songs we're like we should do a musical and you know he had just the bare minimum of what we felt like we needed you know i had the ability to make films and then you know, Brian was a composer who could, you know, write stuff. And, you know, Hannah was an award-winning actress. And, you know, you know, Ribbon Girl, you know, was kind of it, organized everything in the early stages. So, you know, it's like, all right, we have the ability to do this. And so we just went into it and it ended up taking two and a half years to do, which we never anticipated. You know, that was like, I mean, it just, I think it was I mean, almost a year just getting the music done. We spent the whole summer and I think, you know, we could have even spent longer on it. I mean, I think we would have, it would have gone differently if we'd known how long it was going to take. But um, yeah, I mean, just getting all the music recorded and then, I mean, filming it took, you know, that took like six months because, you know, we only had really one location for that, but we had 
you know, 20 something actors and a lot of just group scenes where we had to have all these people and we'd have to be playing the songs back on set and people would have to sing along to them. So, I mean, on these other projects where you're the director, everything's in your control, what's in the final thing, but you had some musicians working on this where they were in charge of the music part, not you. So yeah. what was it like deferring to other people to... It's like, well, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't have the ability to like come up with, you know, music. I wrote lyrics, but it's like, you know, I'm not really a musician. So, I mean, it was very nice to have them, you know, um, you know, so it was, you started out with, you know, Brian Edermar was our initial guy and then Renee Bergeron ended up, was initially one of our actors, but she ended up playing a big part in the music as well. Was um, that tough for you though, not being in control the whole, like having to rely on other people as opposed to just relying time, on yourself? At times, especially especially after the fact i mean well it was fine you know up until it got to the point where we realized oh wow this is actually going to take a really long time and, you know it's it ended up taking you know over a year just to get the music done after we finished you know filming and that was you know there was a point where it was like you know how much yeah i don't know it was it was frustrating to have to wait for them to get that done and feeling right, like right, there was right. nothing i could do but um sit there and wait because there ain't much you can say yeah right? it's like i'm used to because like on space people i'd be used to like all right i do everything it's like all right we start filming boom 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 i'm constantly working it was like quite right i mean even from the beginning because i have the producing team it would be like i finished the draft of the script now i have to wait for everybody to read it you know it was just it was always kind of felt like i was waiting and then even even the production of it the filming of it oftentimes i would finish editing everything we had and then we'd have to wait like a week or two to film some more stuff so it was um I and, yeah. and just me I like to constantly be working if I have a phone Yeah, I'm door. like you. I like to go out and like yeah, if I always, do it I do it 100% or yeah. I don't do it, but not everybody's like that. That's the tough part, right? All right. So uh currently you just put out a well what? I, well, I guess you did what Apocalypse Party was that was that part of your short stories or was that No, that was that was a standalone short. That was a standalone. Okay. So what was that like putting that out for you? Um, yeah, that was, um, well, I guess actually first, before that even I did, Lights, Camera, Terror was a short film that I did during the wait for the music for Choirwood. And I had, you know, that was just a quick short film, shot it in one weekend, or actually, I mean, two weekends actually, but most of it was in one weekend, got it done really quickly. And so then after Choirwood, you know, was finally finished after two and a half years, we, you know, premiered it um, summer of 2019. I kind of just wanted to do another, you know, really quick short film that I could get done quickly because right. it you know, been almost a year since I'd filmed anything. So Apocalypse Party was what I came up with to do that. And that was- yeah, you know, If everybody also, shows up that day, you know, you're going to get a shot. If you got to do multiple days, then it kind of gets into scheduling right, exactly. and stuff yeah, already. So, um, so I put together a big group of the people who I had at that point and just came up with a premise that allowed me to have a big cast. And yeah, we got that done in two weekends. Two weekends. All right. So, uh, Let's see. Uh, now, here's one. I, I'm a big fan of this one you put out, which you didn't even tell anybody, but a face you won't forget. I mean, I'll set the bill. We were during the pandemic and we couldn't be around anybody. And I mean, you, you want to talk about a genius way to figure out how to put out work without being around anybody. You hit it. But what made that idea come about for you? Where well, you yeah, that came about pretty much entirely because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, it got to that point in like, you know, March, April of 2020, where it was like, this is going to be going on for a while. No one knows how long it's going to be like this. Right. You know, everyone's saying don't, you know, be around people as much as you can. So it's like, I can't have, you know, people come to me. And I, but I was at the point where um, I really, you know, I wanted to get a new film going. I needed something, I needed something to keep myself busy. Like I said, I'm someone who always, you know, wants to keep busy. So I just 
I just started kicking around. And it's like, could I do a film by myself? And, you know, at first I'm almost thinking of a simple thing where it's just like me by myself. It's like, oh, but what if I played multiple characters? And that was another thing that I think started off as kind of a simple idea. But just as I had more and more ideas, the script kind of grew. And so basically I ended up making like a, a film that's over a half hour long where the premise is it's you know a film noir spoof in the 1930s with a private eye solving a mystery but he suffers from a form of face blindness so every face he see he's every face he sees looks the same so i play every single character in this film i play like 10 different characters i do voices on the radio and then there's photos of me it's i everyone in this film is me i shot the whole thing in my garage during you know april and may of 2020 like right you know during the weirdest part of the pandemic right during the lockdown yeah. and um yeah <laughs> and, uh, it was my way it really just mostly my way of keeping myself occupied yeah. during that time i feel like I wasn't even thinking no i don't even care if anybody else watches this but making this is just giving me something to work on well i do comedy and i you know stand-up comedy and they say you know if you want to get on tv you can't go up and say hey i went to the coffee shop it's been done a thousand times they're looking for something different. And I mean, you really pulled off something different where, I mean, the cartoon man, it was your own version, but it kind of reminded me of Roger Rabbit, you know, kind of where they did like, you know, the animation and that. I mean, Choirwood kind of reminded me of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where it's been done, but I had never seen nothing like that done before. It was so different what you did to kind of make it stand out. When I said that was different, that stood out, that one to me. So uh, for me, I mean, I thought that I'm a big fan of that one anyway, but uh did you enter that in some film festivals or what did you ever do with that? I know I, I I didn't. I mean, it was mostly because at that point, like all the festivals were just like online anyway. Yeah, and, online really, events, right, yeah. and so oh. it was, I didn't have a lot of money at that point. It was just kind of like the whole idea behind that was that I'm going to make this. I'm not even going to tell anybody about it. I'm just going to, you know, make this by myself. And then when the whole thing's done, I'm just going to drop it on YouTube and on Facebook and be like, Hey, here's right. what I'm for the last <laughs> few months. So it's that's what I did. And I was like, and I'm like making it. I'm like I don't even know if anybody's gonna watch this, but no, a lot of people, you know, yeah, a lot of people, people I know watch. You got a following now where people are gonna watch your work. Whatever yeah, you I've got enough of a small following. Right, Seems like yeah. a, mostly, you know, my family and the actors who are in my other films, and a few other people. You know, it's where you but, start, right there. Yeah. But uh, all right, so next game, uh, 2020 uh, Taskville, a quest for knowledge. Uh, are you a big video game buff, or what made that come well, about? I mean, not a huge one. I mean, I you know you have played games in the past that was basically taskville was like the next logical step from a face you won't forget so it was like we were still in the point where it's like i you know we don't know how long this is going to last i mean i was you know as i was making the first film and i was like i don't know you know i got to keep coming up with ideas because who knows how long this pandemic's going to go for and what the world is going to be like right. so it was like all right i don't want the next one to just be me i want to be able to do something where i can have other people in it but not necessarily have to have us all get together because I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. Right. So, um, you know, I knew, you know, we have the technology where anybody can like at least record themselves with their phone and then so send cool. something to me. Yeah. So it was like, all right, so how do I justify the fact that, you know, if I'm, if people are sending me their own clips, it's going to, the majority of it is just going to be people talking to their phone or whatever, or, uh, you know, and it's like the, there's going to be varying quality between the different, clips people are giving so um you know i felt like the obvious thing to do would be some kind of like you know newscast or people you know having it be the pandemic and people talking to each other and i you know i wanted to do something different and i just started thinking 
you know, back in like the late 90s, there were some, you know, computer games where they were trying to, you know, really take advantage of the technology at the time. And they'd have live action video clips that you would like interact with. And so I kind of came up with this whole premise where I go into somehow use some kind of technology that we never really explained fully to enter this late 90s computer game where I'm having to go up to people and interact with video clips of them. And so I was able to get like, uh, I think it was 17 people send me clips and about half of them were the characters in the game. Because like, as I had people tell me, it's like, all right, you know, once I had the cast, you know, more or less lined up, I sent everybody an email being like, all right, what costumes do you have? What locations can you go to? And if anybody had some kind of cool costumes or location they could do, I'd like, all right, there'll be, there'll be the characters in the game where they'll be, you know, I'll walk up to them wearing some kind of outlandish outfit. And then everybody else, you know, I, the other people, the people I gave a lot of lines to were the people who were like people sitting at their computers with their camera on them, guiding me through this game that I'm going through. Okay. Now I remember George Lucas said when he first took, he took a film class in college. And the first thing the teacher said was get out of filmmaking because you're never going to do it. Because back then you had to have somebody in your family had to be a member of Hollywood because there was no equipment available to you. Now, later on, Steven Spielberg said nowadays, they got video cameras that are comparable to what they're using in the movies. They got editing equipment comparable to what they're using in the movies. Back then, you needed to know somebody. Now, you got an idea for a movie. What's stopping you from putting it out? So, I mean, yeah. somebody can send you some, like, average video footage, and you can put it in editing and really turn it into something spectacular, right? I mean, you showed that on the Cartoon Man and editing. And, again, in this film, I mean, you could, like, take people and put put stuff around them and make it more, more elaborate than it actually is, right? Yeah. So do you think more goes down in editing now? Or, I mean, where you can take average footage and turn it into something special in editing? or What do you mean? Like... Well, I mean, like in the olden days, you had to wait for, like, the perfect sunlight or the perfect sunset. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, Nowadays, you can have light oh, dark. I mean, does that make yeah, it easier I mean, on like... you with the average footage? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think that's definitely... I mean, editing is... I, I, I mean, that's... There's more... More of the making of the movie takes place in editing than on set. When I'm... So, yeah. I think a lot, I mean, I think people who, you know, don't work in films don't necessarily even know how much goes into editing. Because I mean, I find that some people just think it's like, oh, you're just getting from the camera and, you know, act out the whole scene. And I mean, I think this would happen, uh, you know, within the film I was doing with you, we'd have to explain to people, it's like, no, you don't have to get it exactly right the first time because I'm going to go back and forth. I'm going to get, you know, this character's angle, this the character's angle and find the best version of each line and put it all together to make it look like everyone knows exactly what they're saying. And it's just... So that makes it a lot easier for you as a director to be able to have that power. Yeah, it's, it's to... kind of mindset. It's like, all right, it's like, I know I just need to get a good take, at least one or two good takes of every line, you know, from each angle. And it's, I'm just, so I'm thinking, you know, as in terms of editing, you know, when I'm, yeah, when I'm filming. All right. So as technology grows, I mean, you'll be able to do more and more, right? Because the technology yeah. keeps getting there's, better, right? There's probably more I could be doing now. I'm still kind of doing things roughly the same way I was. Yeah, 10 years ago. you probably like, still don't know everything there is to know yeah, in that program, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now people do make whole movies up right on their phones. It's like yeah, TikTok. I, I know it's all taken off. Yeah. All right. So, 2021 Tales of the Inexplicable. Take us to that. What was that like for you? All right. So that was um, so that was you know, wrapping up Taskville. Now we're at the point where I was, you know, we could get people together. I think we'd actually, we'd started production on, you know, your film, The World Needs a New Superhero at that point. I was involved with a couple other productions where I was actually being on set with other people. 
but you know it was still at the point where it's like we don't necessarily want to get huge groups of people together like i did with you know apocalypse party choirwood so i basically it started with a couple of scripts i already had a couple of you know short scripts i had with just like three characters at one location you know so i in the, in the they all kind of had the same sort of dark comedy supernatural horror vibe to them so i was like what if i did like an anthology where i did like you know five of these five films like this where they all have some kind of you know comedy horror type theme to it and you know and they all and they're all just like three or four characters in one location so i touched up you know a few scripts i already had so that they fit that format and then wrote a couple new ones so it's like a collection of short films, right? Yeah, it's a collection of short films. So I mean, there's. So I gotta be. I'll say it was Down the Clown, Death Mountain, uh, Beware the Photo Bomber, Bleeding Green, yeah. and uh, Witch Flirtation, right? Yeah. So yeah. So. Now, sure, do you show that. these one after another, or how, how are you showing? Yeah. These? So they all they all basically fit together. There's um, it starts out with with me with some black and white footage of me with a voiceover talking about how I'm, you know, researching, trying to find evidence that supernatural things are happening. And so then it goes into the, you know, the first one is Down to Clown, which is a film about, um, you know, Allie and Colin, who, you know, dealing with a clown doll that's, you know, possessed by a spirit and is causing all kinds of chaos. And so then that film ends and it goes back to black and white footage of me with a voiceover that sets, you know, it's, it kind of like there's flips of the whole thing works as a feature film but it's made up of these five short films. And so okay. then there's Road to Death Mountain, which is about a couple of people who, you know, go to this house, who, you know, they they get lost and they ask for directions of this house and the people in there, you know, dress and act like they're from like the 1800s and there's something weird going on there. And then there's Beware the Photo Bomber, where, um, you know, these people are looking at their vacation photos and they realize this weird guys in the background of all their pictures and their friend is like, tells them this whole story she read on the internet about how that means they're doomed and then bleeding green is this guy's taking a cooking class and then after a mishap he finds out that the woman teaching him is a shape-shifting lizard person and then yeah witch filtration is about a woman who tries to infiltrate a covenant who was undercover with a couple of witches so yeah these were all just ideas i had now these are all scripts you came up with right all these yeah ideas i wrote you wrote i wrote all of them myself but, you know i mean kind of you know it was yeah treated it like so how long how long did filming go? I mean that must have been quite the project. I yeah, I mean it ended up complete. It ended up taking. Um, I mean, I, just, I guess just under a year to get the whole thing done. We started shooting, I guess, right around this time last year was when we did Down to Clown, and then we wrapped Beware the Photo Bomber, which was the fifth one to be produced in um, in like July, and I finished editing in August. And I mean there were some gaps in between because, especially now, it's like you know we have people. You know, oh, it's like my, you know, I, people get a little sick and you don't want to do anything, you know. Right, right, right. All so, right, so uh, let's give you a plug here. I mean, if people want to check you out or check out your work, uh, what's your website? What? www.smokingbottleentertainment.com? Is that where they go? Yep, Smoking Bottle Entertainment. Yeah, www.smokingbottleentertainment.com. And we've got a, well, a Facebook page, Smoking Bottle Entertainment. Um, you know, I have an Instagram where I post photos of whatever I'm doing. Okay, you know, and I know, don't post you know, you got a link on your website to where they can see all your stuff you've done, right? Yeah, and there's a page on the, yeah, on the Smoking Bottle Entertainment website where there's, you can go, you see everything, you know, everything's either on YouTube or Amazon or the feature films, you know, Space People and Choirwood are on a couple of other streaming sites, so, yeah. All right, so YouTube, Amazon Prime, but I mean, the home base would be your website, 
www.smokingbottleentertainment.com. Yeah. How did you come up with the name Smoking Bottle Entertainment? What was this? What would... So that goes back to, I mean, I think I mentioned, you know, back at the beginning of this, um, some of the films I did in high school that would be like a research project. So there was one that was, um, uh, you know, it was a project, I think it was, you know, junior year in high school, just we were learning in my, you know, history class about the 1920s and the prohibition era. And so we got assigned this research project to like, you know, research a bunch of topics about that period and present it in the form of a video. And so um, I just, you know, I came up with this film called, ended up being called The Smoking Bottle, which was this like, it was kind of similar to A Face You Won't Forget actually, which drew some inspiration from it. Uh, it was um, kind of a film noir thing in black and white where I'm a detective going around investigating Al Capone. And um, what kicks it off is, you know, finding this empty beer bottle. And because it's the prohibition, that's the smoking gun, it's the smoking bottle. And so that was just like, the, you know, so I made that film in high school and it was just for years. It was I just wanted to make it up stuck, like yeah. that. That was like, it wasn't, you know, it's not great. If you go back and watch, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's up on YouTube anymore, but it's not, you know, great by any means. It's just, it's yeah. very, you know, it's it's, memorable I mean, for a video project made in 2005, it's, you know, probably. Is what it is, right? But it was just for a long time. It was like, I felt like I wasn't having the opportunity to make films like the ones I wanted to up until like 2011, 2012. And it was just, that was the one I looked back on for so many years. It's like, this is, I want to do more like this, <laughs> you know? So when I was coming up with something, it was like, I wanted to name, it's like, let's name it Smoking Bottle Entertainment after yeah, that film. stuck ever since. All right. Yeah. So uh, take us to, I mean, you know, you, you're a director, you have your own style, but I mean, obviously, you, you know, everybody's seen movies. I mean, is there a director out there, like a mainstream director that you look at and say, wow, I really admire his work? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Like it's, a Scorsese or something I, like that, or I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's, I mean, when I was starting out, I mean, it was like, you know, I, I mean, starting out, I was, I think, I was almost more influenced by like animated films than live action films. And people have said, I mean, literally with Cartoon Man, but people have said like my films were like live action cartoons because I think it was watching like you know you know, Disney and Pixar films was where I kind of got my sense of rhythm and timing initially. I mean, but nowadays it's just, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm watching movies and TV shows constantly. And I feel like to some extent, I kind of absorb everything I'm watching and then just <laughs> all kind of come. Put it all in a blender out. and I'll, I'll mix it I'll up. I'll be watching something. I'm like, oh, this kind of is, uh, this is influenced by this thing, which I know I was watching right around the time I wrote that. And it's like, I, sometimes I don't even realize that I'm being influenced by something. I think you mentioned like, that in what in Toy Stories that, that that inspired you. Toy Story movie inspired you for the jetpack scene or something you did in the Cartoon Man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, I like. I watched like Toy Story one and two so many times when I was like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. So they really just kind of got embedded in my. Stuck in your head, I, mean, right? I can show you. There are scenes in every movie where I will just say a line the way that Woody or Buzz said something, and I didn't even mean to it. It's just that's like. So those are the movies that stuck in your head as yeah, I just watched I, them that much at a very impressionable work. age. So okay. So what uh what what are some of your favorite movies of all time? Mainstream movies. What give us your top three favorite movies of all time? Oh that's it's such a hard I never know what to say when people say it like that. I mean I think it's it's just like what we're <laughs> okay. saying. There's so many that I you know it's like I feel like the best like Star I never Wars, I must have seen Star Wars a hundred times. I mean, what's a movie you've watched more than once because you appreciate it so much? I mean, 
What movie have you said you've watched the most? I mean. Well, well, probably the the Toy, Toy Story, Story movie. movie like, uh, those yeah. are the ones. And it's like it's like I don't know. It's like are those? I mean, it's like, and it's like even now, it's like, well, is, are those my favorites? I mean, it's like because there's nostalgia plays a big part in you know why I enjoy those so much and the fact right. that they influenced me. So it's like, and it's it's so hard to say what like because I don't really think. I, you know, I'm not someone who watches something and it's like, I file away, that is one of my favorite movies. It's like, I'll, you know, be like, you know, I like this or I like that. And they're all your babies for a different reason. Each you know, one has something like, special about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you go and talk about like the specific films, I can, I mean, if, if I go through like, you know, if you went beat by beat through any of the films, I could be like, oh, okay, well, this scene was inspired by this thing. And, I, and it's like, but I don't even necessarily think of it. It's, it's, I have to, you know, really dive in deep and like, Right, think about it. Okay. Now, uh, I feel like I always give vague, like dodgy answers when people ask me what my favorite movies. Well, are. you're like, honest. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not just, something I think about. It's, it's yeah. yeah. You appreciate something on everything. All right. Yeah. Um, they say if you do what you love to do, you never work a day in your life. Okay, you're doing what you love to do, so to you, it's not even work; it's passion. But I mean, you've been going straight out. I think you just had your 10 year anniversary. Uh, yeah. Have you ever gotten burnt out on it and thought, "Hey, I need to take a break," or? Um, I, I, a, a couple times, I, I kind of, because um, I mean, like you know, going back, I said you know, Suburban Spies was like, you know, real more stressful, and I you know wasn't didn't really like the film I was making that much. I can remember working on that, thinking I might need a break after this because I don't know if I'm enjoying this anymore. Yeah. But then um, I, I ended up having this. I wrote, I think I wrote the script for Revenge of the Animals. I think before before we had shot most of Suburban Spies. So I already had that script and I, you know, mentioned that to some people. I was like, and they, you know, liked it. I'm like, all right, I'll do one more, I'll do this film, I'll do Revenge of the Animals, and then after that we'll see. But then I ended up enjoying Revenge of the Animals so much that once that was done, I wanted to do something oh, else yeah. and then rolled right into space people. Rekindle the fire. Yeah. And then I think again it was similar, like, you know, when you know, we did you know choir wood and you know that just you know was taking so long to get done it was you know just kind of like that was so exhausting but then i did like lights camera terror and got that done so fast and i mean i feel like you know since then i've kind of just been doing shorter films to keep busy there's a part of me that i don't know there's a part of me that simultaneously feels like i need a break and then another part of me that just wants to do something you don't want to stop yeah you want to put it occupies your mind gives you something to do and you're doing what you love yeah all right so uh we talked about how you got started. We talked about what you've done. Short of Hollywood knocking on your door, what's in the future for Adam Griswold and Smoking Bottle Entertainment? What's in the future? I'm really not even sure. I'm kind Good of at the point. So I, I finished Tales of the Inexplicable. That's yeah. done. That's premiered. I'm you know, maybe doing another private screening with the cast next month. But um, I'm, you know, thinking of ideas. I, I mean, I have some things I've, you know, talked with some other people that I might be collaborating on soon. And on top of you know, in addition to that, I've I have a few ideas, um, but I'm not you know I don't totally I sure. Like, you know, I don't I don't. Sometimes I'll be doing an interview like this, and I'll have something lined right, up, right, you know, right. have, that's filming in a few months. But right now, no big I'm, idea right now. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, we got ideas, the world but... needs a new superhero. You're working on. We're gonna get that out. We're gonna have fun yeah. with that yeah, one. That, that's that's my focus right now is editing the rest of that. <laughs> All right. So uh, last question I got for you, Adam. Then we'll wrap this up. Uh, you know, you got a long career ahead of you. You know, you, you you're ten years in. I, I see you easily having another ten years. If you had one big goal that you wanted to accomplish before it was all said and done, what's your, what's your number one goal that you want to accomplish in, in filmmaking? That's um. 
good question. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, I feel like I, I, I know I'm like trying to think what, I mean, I know I have like, it's like, I feel like if, if I could take a few seconds to think I could come up with something. Yeah. It's like, I know it's, um, well, I mean, really, I'm, you know, I'd, I'd like to come to the, I would really like to get to the point where, um, you know, well, number one, I can, I, I don't even know if it's possible, but to be able to make a living doing this, because right now, you know, I'm not making right, any right, money right. for filmmaking and, you know, nobody who is involved in my films, you know, is able to make any money. And if we right. could find a way that we all, you know, could make a living doing this, that would be great, you know, to be able to, you know, whether it's, to, you know, be able to find people who can, you know, fund it, you know, give me a budget to make something that would be not, not that, have to have a regular job on the that, side, just do what you yeah, like. Right, right. That, and um, if it's even possible, because I know so many I've people heard that in comedy a thousand times, like just do I comedy. I don't have to be a big time comedian, but just get paid to do it and I have to work. I mean, yeah, and it's that and like, yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, really just, yeah, the ability to have more money, because I mean, I'd love to like, I'd love to be able to do things where it's like we fly out to some other part of the country and you know film stuff if there was a you know justifiable reason why we couldn't just do something in new england and just, right. just to be able to broad keep expanding the scope you know elaborate locations yeah, just yeah. be remembered for what you do right just keep getting better yeah. and you know have more people interested in what you're putting out all right i'll plug it again www.smokingbottleentertainment.com go check out adam zork adam thank you so much for being on funny like clown podcast i appreciate your time yeah thank you Thanks for Good having luck me. in the future, and I look forward to a world needs a new superhero. We're going to have yep. some fun. Yeah, yeah, that'll be very soon. You'll be able to see that. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you soon. Enjoy your day. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.